What's up, guys? Welcome to the show and thank you for joining me. So today I sit down with Dietrich Smith, the owner and operator of Results Performance Training in Virginia. I first found out about Dietrich from his fitness writing that he'd done for T Nation as well as Men's Health. And I was just curious to hear about his journey and the work that he does of not only working with personal training and strength and conditioning, but also the work that he does to help with other coaches and develop their businesses. So I found out after talking with him, it was a blast of a conversation and how he really came from working with every different type of person all at the same time when he first got started as a strength coach till eventually going a decade into that building his own space and now also working with helping young coaches develop their business and their success. So this was a blast of a conversation, just two guys really just chatting and talking shop about a lot of different uh, areas of strength. So I know you're going to enjoy it. We'll get right on with the show. Thank you for joining me. I'll catch you on the inside. All right, let's change the world. What's up, Dietrich? How are you, man? It's really nice to meet you, dude. Yep, doing great. How about you? Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's nice to meet you. As I said, I um, I heard of you first from uh, like a mutual, you know, uh, colleague Andrew Coates, and got into the work that you do with fitness writing, and then started to see all the work you've done from the personal training side as well as helping coaches. So I'm really excited to see where this conversation goes. All right, cool, cool. I'm excited. Yeah. So what I usually like to kick off with Dietrich to start with is everybody's got their origin story, you know, kind of how they found their way into this world. So, you know, for you, what was it about strength and conditioning, about personal training that intrigued you and how did you end up kind of getting into this world? Okay. So yeah, I'll take it way back to, I'll say way back um, to high school. <laughs> I turned 40 okay. here in about two weeks, but I'll take it back to kind of high school. I remember like getting cut from a baseball team, being told I was too weak. And then, I kind of, you know, my goal was to go back, get stronger, make the teams. I kind of got obsessed with it in regards to going to working out, reading everything I could get on uh, strength conditioning. And then I realized I kind of liked the working out aspect of it more than actually playing the sports there. And um, I was never like a natural athlete, I I guess, but um, just I I enjoyed the working out process. Mm -hmm. And just when it came to college, I knew like I wanted to major in kinesiology, exercise science. So I was like an average high school student. And then when I got to co- college, graduated in like three years, I was just locked in. And I just, I was always passionate about um, like strength conditioning, kinesiology, exercise science. So got my degree certifications and then kind of went on to work at different gyms, big gyms, studios, mm-hmm. uh, volunteered, observed under like uh, Coach Contos, who was the strength coach at VCU. Awesome guy there. So um, just to see his passion for strength conditioning. And then, so I just fell in love with that. So the first decade, I've been doing it for about 20 years. So the first decade, I'd say, worked at sports performance centers, um, teaching, um, coaching, uh, strength conditioning, uh, physical education teacher for a while too. And then the last decade, second decade has been my business results performance training. So I'm here in Williamsburg, Virginia. And I'd say the majority of our business uh, comes from like general population over 40 probably have an injury or two they just want to get in shape but we do also have like some athletes that we work with we work with a wide variety of people we've had like some teams and things in here too with like youth athletes so and 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 i have other trainers that work for me tier two so Mm -hmm. um we are all kind of have our areas of expertise and people that we work with best so i'd say that's kind of our my background there Mm -hmm. Nice. So what was your experience? Did you go into like a big, like more of like a big box gym right off the bat when you first got into training? Yes. So I um, 
like with my internships towards the end of college, I went into like a big box gym and then I also had like a studio. So for a while I was doing both of those things mm-hmm. at the same time. And then, um, that's when I did like some internships at like DCU. And then I was able to, you know, and I had my CSCS. So I went to sports performance mm-hmm. um, places, worked at a place called Velocity mm-hmm. that was popular for a while. And then, um, oh, okay. yep. So worked there and then ended up, um, I was like, okay, I, I like it, but I'm fine. I'm making enough money just doing this. I went to teaching and coaching. Mm-hmm. So I did that for a while there. And so I've done a little bit of everything. I um, tell people I've, and when I went into teaching, mm-hmm. I taught, I coached middle school, high school, and um, even taught elementary school for a while too. And I tell people, nice. Like, uh, my experience teaching kindergartners taught me more about like life than any and leading and owning a business than probably a lot of other stuff I've, I've oh, I'm sure, right? it was direct directly related to it so I tell people like a new trainers or whatever that mm-hmm. sometimes they feel like they're going off the path so to speak right. but um you know all the experiences in life are going to come back to help you out if you have yeah. a positive attitude and get through it <laughs> yeah that's you know it's funny I was just having a conversation with a client of mine and we were talking about why uh adults resonate so much with Disney songs a lot. And it's like, it's the simplicity of it that they make for kids, but you almost appreciate it more when you're an adult after going through experience. Right. So the same thing with, uh, with teaching kindergartners, you realize the the simplicity of the vital few things that are really important. Yep. Oh, that's funny. So, so you were working at a, like a bigger, you know, kind of space plus a studio and also kind of working in a more of like a student area all at the same time. Is that right? Yeah. So when I, when I graduated, I was finishing up an internship. I had like a big box gym. Um, and then I was able to get hired on by, uh, my, like my first internship that was a studio. Mm-hmm. So I was doing both of those. It, you know, wasn't too many hours at each one, I guess I was going back and forth. And then for a while there, I, I still took on that internship. It was like a volunteer internship at the, at the, at VCU there under the strength mm-hmm. coach. Did so you do was, that I, just more for the experience of it? Or yes, no, with that was, yeah, that was more of, I didn't have to do that to graduate, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. So I just did that for the experience and just having that connection and that network is, um, was huge. It opened up doors. That's, that was the one that was like, okay, um, you know, Velocity came and they're like, um, do you have anybody that we could hire as we opened up our gym? And then he said, these are the people that are kind of working for us now or volunteering. So mm-hmm. I had that opportunity and that sell people that opportunity led to the next opportunity. And then, so um, right. I'm big on just in telling new coaches that um, I know a lot of your questions you asked will probably get to this, but mm-hmm. um, just being able to have that wide variety of experiences. And sometimes it's not all about, I mean, you have to get paid, but sometimes it's not all about that when you first start right. off as a coach. Yeah. Especially when you're, when you're younger too, just getting started, you don't realize how much time you really have ahead of you. So the experience yeah. of it really is a better currency than just the financial you know, piece of it. It's interesting, Dietrich, how you were right off the bat kind of in different energies. Like I've worked in the bigger area gym. I've worked in a small studio. I've done online business as well. And there is kind of that different energy if you feel with one, did like one feel like a little bit more at home for you when you were doing certain ones? Was it more the studio? Was it more of kind of the big gym or kind of what'd you feel about that? Yeah, the studio and working with athletes. So I guess mm-hmm. I've kind of blended results performance training my business, RPT. I've kind of blended the, the experiences that I liked and kind of put those together. So that small studio feel, um, that coaching aspect of it. And then um, 
the teaching. I mean, we're all teachers, but when I was a teacher, you're, you know, you know, kind of putting those three things together. So being able to educate the members that just that, that coaching aspect of it and, mm-hmm. and um, that small kind of studio feel versus kind of the big box gym. No, I mean, nothing wrong with that, but for the people that we work with mm-hmm. from a business standpoint. Oh, that's cool. How do you feel like the teaching helped you with coaching? Like, it seems like there's a lot, like you have to really be ahead of programming and curriculum and teaching where sometimes personal trainers like to get in and just kind of start winging it. We're really in teaching. I don't think you can do that as much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's definitely a lot of similarities are pretty much, you know, you have, if you're a good you know, teacher, you're pretty much a good coach, but yeah, um, you definitely have to have, have your game plan down and you have to be able to teach and you have to be able to show that to someone else, of course, to, um, like your, your, your boss is there, but mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is, is a huge help. Um, teaching, coaching, just, you know, that communication aspect of it, having mm-hmm. your plans together and, um, you know, being able to adjust too. Nice. So then about like a decade later, you've been doing training for a while and then you got into more of coaching the other side, getting new coaches in and helping them build their business of it. What mm-hmm. was it that intrigued you about wanting to kind of go into this new space and work more with kind of coaching coaches and developing them? Yeah, I think it was like a natural, uh, you know, transition there as far as um, being able to, you know, you help people get in shape. But in order to help more people, you only have so many hours in a day there. So being able to develop those trainers there mm-hmm. in order to kind of help you out in order to help your members there. Oh, cool. Okay. So was that like a, was that a tough transition of going in, of kind of working with coaches? Was there a different kind of mindset or a different you know way that you were developing? Um, that transition to becoming a leader of trainers, you're saying mm-hmm. the top transition, uh, yeah, somewhat natural, but when you look back on it, um, over the last decade, you, there's still a lot of times where I say, man, I wish I was the person I am today that I was back then because those coaches would probably be in a better situation too. Right <laughs> now in saying that, you know, I've had some coaches develop me in the past too, where you look at it and you're like, okay, that I want, I take that from that person or I don't want to take that from that individual that I might've had. In the right. Past, if that makes sense as far as someone leading me. Okay. Know, hope I answered the question the right way. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I went from like, I was a trainer for a bit in one space. It was a private gym, but it was a big space. We we're 15,000 square feet. We had, you know, couple, you know, 1500 members or so. And then we had a big, you know, personal training base and I was personal trainer for a while, built myself up. And then all of a sudden I became a manager and I'm like, all right, now I have nine or 10 trainers that I'm essentially are working for me. I never kind of thought of it that way. I was like, okay, like this is it. And now it's like, now I need to develop new people that are coming in. And it was, it was kind of like, how do I do this now? And then I realized, is very similar of working with somebody in their health and fitness. It's like kind of see the path a little bit ahead of time, Mm -hmm. you know, just make sure that you're answering those questions, but also making sure that you treat everybody more individualized. And I think that's something that a lot of, you know, coaches, just a lot of people maybe in general is we want to autumn, we want to automate everything so quickly that it's like, Oh, just follow this path. Yeah. 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 It's like working with coaches, right? It's an individual basis. What might mm-hmm. work and develop one person is going to be different for another one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like you mentioned, you kind of worked at a bigger place and you kind of took over. It sounds like more like a fitness director type of role yeah. mm-hmm. that you had. So yeah, I guess one thing about studio and as it grows, um, it's like, okay, now you have one or two trainers and you have three or four trainers. Now you have interns. So I guess that process helped me out in a sense, if that makes sense by, um, 
a lot of times it's people that go from trainer to fitness director. It's like, okay, here now you got 10 people all of a sudden. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I guess it's been kind of a, a gradual process, but yeah, it's been, it's been a fun process. And Okay. Yeah, it is. It's interesting, right? Cause it's, uh, I remember I had two people that came in at the same time. One was a older gentleman. He was like almost 60 years old, been in personal training for a long time, you know, but like the, you know, going into a new system, it was completely different. Then I had another girl who was in her early twenties, never been a coach, like barely ever had a job before, you know, really on it. And we have both of them in the same room at the same yeah. time. And I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> like how do like, I have to communicate in two different ways, but kind of sync them both together. Yes with yeah. it. And I'm like, I think I told them, I was like, I think I grew more of talking to you guys in three months than I did in like yeah. years beforehand of that. I'm sure you've had some experience with that. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're working with a wide variety of, uh, not just clients, but the people that we hire and, you know, cause we have to have diversity on the staff to reach different people. So you have to kind of mm-hmm. you know, understand where they're coming from, communicate with them and, and learn from them too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So when young coaches come and work for you, is there specific things that they're asking? Like, are they looking at how do I build a business or are they just getting into personal training? Do you have like a specific like way that you develop somebody from the beginning and then build them into kind of their personal training career? Um, I mean, I'll make sure I have your question right. But <laughs> when I answer this, so if you tell me if I'm off, I mean, I just try to reach them, you know, where they're at. In mm-hmm. regards to, you know, as far as their development, I work with like a wide variety of, of coaches, mm-hmm. whether it be not just with my business, but also like coaches that might reach out to me. So I just mm-hmm. try to reach them where they're at. There's some trainers that are in that phase where they just have to, they're kind of building that foundation of just becoming a trainer and kind of making, and kind of also letting them know where they're at. Because they mm-hmm. might think they're in a different phase of development and need to be doing something else. Whereas in some coaches, they've already been kind of booked, so to speak, and they want to reach that next level of making it a career that they can sustain over time there. Okay. Is it usually more one or the other? Is it, are you working with a lot of people who are just getting started? Is it more like people they've kind of reached that, that pinnacle, but now they don't know how to get to that next level? Yeah, I would I'll still say the majority are kind of in that those first few years as coaches mm-hmm. trying to find themselves there. And mm-hmm. then uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and it's, then, a, it's a weird time, right? It's uh, I always thought like it was about like 17 clients or so seem like that mark where like now all of a sudden you're busy, right? It's yes, like, you're not yeah. just, you're not just hanging around all day. Now you actually got some stuff to do, but mm-hmm. you still got s- some more room to grow, but it's like, all right, now you're managing a lot of different people's lives. And that's kind of when all of a sudden like, wow, holy shit, this is like a real job. Now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. No, it's interesting. What are some of the, I guess like, what are some of the like early mistakes that you've seen a lot of trainers make that you try and, you know, work with them on? Like, is there specific questions that you ask from them beginning the, to beginning to kind of get those things out, you know, um, out of them? I guess common mistakes, uh, hopefully we're on the same page mm-hmm. when I answer the questions So just tell me if I'm not, but like yeah. common mistakes that I see young coaches kind of make um, there. Um, thinking from a career standpoint, but I'll kind of cover different things here. And um I think really the expectation of like those first few years um, in regards to like how much money that they'll realistically probably make in their first year or two um, after they're just getting certified there. Sometimes they might have an expectation that it's going to be a lot higher, that it's going to be like this 
nine to five and everyone's going to be back to back versus what it, in reality, what it is. It's like, okay, you got a client at 5am. Now you have one at eight. Now, okay, are you able to take this client here that comes in at four thirty? You know, so sometimes, um, so just the expectations there, um, and for their first year or two and in saying that too, and like I said, tell me if I'm bouncing around too much. No, I love it. I think it's great. But, um, after those trainers have developed their skills and they've been in the industry for a while, not selling themselves short as to how much money they can make over time there, but being realistic with what they have to become in order to do that. So, um, so those are like, I guess, kind of common mistakes. And then a lot of trainers are like, okay, now I'm certified. And then they might, um, sit around and maybe refuse to take certain jobs or internships because it's not enough money or they don't want to work at certain times of, um, you know, certain times of the the day in order to get Mm -hmm. that, where you probably have to do those things at first in order to kind of reach those goals. Right. Yeah. What do you think about that is kind of interesting, right? Because it's a, it's weird hours that sometimes work, especially if you're working in a gym, it's like, I, I did that too. It was the early like 5 a.m. client. I remember one day, I think it was like a Thursday, like early on, I would get in at 5 a.m. I worked till like seven, eight o'clock training clients. Then I jumped, I worked the front desk all day and then I trained <laughs> clients again at night. Yeah. You know, it's like, and you don't even like realize what you're doing. It's like, yes. but I, I think I forget who it was, but they said like, in when you're in your twenties, just kind of push your threshold, like see how much you can work. And then you can scale it back afterwards where it's like now, okay, I know I have this much energy and juice, you know, throughout yeah. the day. But it seems like when you're early on, like it's, you know, I hate saying like be a yes man, but almost like take all the opportunities and just like pack yourself in. Yeah. I think that might be the quickest way to success. I agree with that. And um, I, I agree with that 200%. And um, yeah, you know, you need to have your work-life balance and all, but I think to be realistic, I mean, if you look at back at the, People that are successful, they they push that edge, and they've um, you know they've mm-hmm. done that. Um, whereas, yeah, you, yeah, you have to say yes to some opportunities probably at first that either you might not think of as the best in order to kind of get to that point. Yeah, there might be a lot of coaches now that or um, that might uh, they might think they're too good for those things, and that'll come back to bite them. Yeah. Have you seen that? Have you seen that a lot? Like, is that a different thing? Cause it's, it seemed like I started to see that a little bit when I was managing, I don't manage, you know, you know, people anymore, you know, with my own business, but it's, it seemed like some were just really willing and ready to do everything. But then a lot of them were just like, you know, they want to jump right into it. Like so quickly, it's like, they think like they should have a full book within a month. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I, when I when I started off on the mistakes, I guess, or where <laughs> the expectations, where I think a lot of that could lead to why there's so much burnout and people that are doing for a year, two, three, and then they're just done. You know, they don't, right. they haven't spent that time, me either developing that foundation by taking some opportunities that might not be in their eyes their ideal um, situation. Right. But you have to do those things in order to get ahead long term. Yeah. It's that term ideal, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd be beautiful to do that at all times. Well, like when you were doing everything early on, like working at, you know, both gyms, doing the internship, like, was it in your mind? Like, oh, I'm doing all this for this is going to lead somewhere. Or was it more just like, no, I just want to immerse myself in this as huh. much as possible. I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I feel like I wanted to, I mean, I had that, that vision, that long-term goal, but 
really, I mean, I was enjoying, I was enjoying the process. You know, you first get out and I was really enjoying it. So um, I had a passion for it. Yeah. You know, I can't say like every little thing you did <laughs> because I mean, when you get some, some certain jobs, you're, it's more than just training too. Right. Yeah. You no, know, you're doing a lot of other stuff. If you're at some of these places and maybe they put you on a salary type of job, which is great for training, but um, they, they're going to work. you. <laughs> they're going to get a lot out of you. Absolutely. So, and, but those experience come back later you look back at it and you're like, okay, now, you know, those things have helped me. Right. That's a good point there. I, I think it was one of the articles I read, you know, from you, Dietrich, I think you said about not specializing too early on. Mm-hmm. And I think that was such a, it was such a great point that I saw because one thing that I thought worked really well for me and what I was grateful for is I was at a gym that we worked with a lot of seniors. And it's like, I, I've told this story before of this woman, she was almost 90 years old. And, you know, you go through your initial stages, right? You're talking about what are your goals and stuff. Her goal was she wanted to open up her peanut butter jar. Yeah. And I, and I never heard this before. And I was like, all right, well, tell me more about this. And she would wake up in the morning and she liked to watch the news, make her tea and, you know, have an English muffin and peanut butter. That was her morning. She really enjoyed that. She valued that as part of her day. And she got such weakness in her hands that she couldn't open up the jar anymore. So that was being a 24 year old kid who was all about aesthetics and athletics. I never heard that before. And I'll tell you, Dietrich, like, Three weeks after we started training, I was sitting at my desk, just writing out programs. And I hear like a clank down on my desk and it was a peanut butter jar. And I look up and it was Helen and she said, watch this. And she opened up the jar yeah. in front of me. That's and I'm awesome. like, the, the look that she had, it looked like Usain Bolt winning a yes. gold medal in, yes. the, in the Olympics of like what she just did there. And I remember like in that moment, some things just change you right off the bat. And I was like, I was that person that, yeah, I want to train athletes. I was going to do that. I was going to go on to do all that stuff. And it's like, holy shit, I got so much value out of training Yes, just older adults who are just looking to improve quality of life. And I think it's so important for especially young you know, people just getting into the job just to experience all of it because you don't know what's going to really light you up at that time. I mean, I love that story because like looking back, I was the same exact way. I was, you know, I was, um, okay, I'm going to probably work with athletes. I'm going to do that. And, um, looking back at how I've owned my business over the last 10 years and how certain trends have played out and what might've been the goal of it per se, when I first started versus the reality of the market and like, okay, we can, you know, we do have to make money in order to continue your business in order to do all these things mm-hmm. there. So, um, and, and we change as people too, obviously, um, you know, starting off like 20 something, you know, like 20 year old versus I say I turned 40 in two weeks, but like, so mm-hmm starting off then and like the type of people that you want to work with um, 10, if you're a 20 year old, listen to this or you're starting off Mm -hmm. or no matter what age you are, I guess you're going to change in the next five, 10, 15, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And there's a good chance you're not going to want to work with uh, the type of person that you wanted to work with back then where, I mean, you mentioned the peanut butter story um, there. um, Like that's what I get the most joy uh, working with people that are, they're telling us like, okay, I was able to go on vacation and able to enjoy everything on vacation. I was able to carry my own luggage. I was able to do my own, you know, work in the yard, do all the yard work, move furniture around. Like those are the, I mean, I like working with a wide variety of people, but now it's like, those are the type of people that you love working with. And when you get people like that, they're going to stick around for a long time. And that's a pretty good, indication of a good business when you have, you know, 
good retention. You have people staying with you for a while versus mm-hmm. um, just focusing on, um, I mean, your goals are going to change over time. Just focusing on training the 0.000000009% of the population, <laughs> which is like, you know, Usain Bolt, like you said, or, yeah. <laughs> or whoever it is. So, yeah. 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 Well, and it's funny because it's, you know, and it's a, it's a young thing to think. And of course that'd be like super exciting, but at the same time, you're kind of just, you want to just latch onto somebody else's excitement right there. Right. It's kind of a vicarious, you know, work through. And like, that was one of the stories. And I mean, there's a million of them out there, you know, with, with people, but you actually like, it's, it's almost more enjoyable to just work with just our general population and work with people who want to just drop weight, who want to enjoy the time with their family. They have real lives. You have real discussions with them. And yes, it's kind of, you know, it seems like, especially in, in the fitness culture, everything is so like, you know, just everything's so serious. Like every message out there gets so serious when it's like, this can be really fun. You know, yes, right. Yes. Like this, like this morning, there's a lake by my house and I just grabbed a weight and just went down there and just kind of played, you know, with a kettlebell. Like I have no idea how many rounds I did. I'm like, I just, yes. just kind of went down and just jumped in and just work with that. And I think as coaches, that's not going to be in an awesome book or in a certification about, you know, go out and play. But yeah. I think it's a, it's a piece, especially with young kids, just having some fun with what's doing. Nobody, nobody jumps into the fitness business, right. To make you know, a billion dollars. It's like, it's yes. not that type of industry. It's mm-hmm. like, let's have some fun with everybody in the process, right? Yeah. Have some fun, you know, build that community. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So do you split most of your time? So you split between the the gym that you have and then also working in the, in the fitness business side as well? With yes. Coaches? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, nice. I mean, um, gym here and then takes a bit to like, you know, develop our trainers and then mm-hmm. also do work and, you know, develop some content and writing nice. trainers there. Yeah. Well, I I want to get into your writing because as I said, like, I like your writing that you have because you keep it really simple and really to the point, you know, from it. And you really just hit on some really good topics. One of them that you, uh, read that, uh, that I read that I saw, um, when Andrew Coates, uh, you know, tagged you on that was how to become a fitness writer. And the first thing you said in that line, which just hooked me, is like, if you want to write more, you got to write more. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's so simple. And that's um, Stephen King wrote a book on writing that I absolutely love. And he said the same thing. He's like, all right, you want to be a better writer? You better write a lot yes. from there. So was writing always something that you really enjoyed or was this something that you found kind of along the line? Um, I can't say I always enjoyed it. I mean, I love it now. It just kind of gives me a peace of mind there. Um, but uh, I still remember some of my grades in high school. I'm thinking about this, but uh, <laughs> that worked the best. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say it was, I, it's it's always been a part of me back then. I mean, I love it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many different forms of writing too. So, and yeah. that, you own a business, and you, you have to kind of you, you get so much, so you get more reps with those things too. Whether it be writing for like a blog for your members or whether it's writing more so for trainers or whether it's writing training manual type stuff for people or whether it's writing even like sales copy type ads. Mm-hmm. Everyone has like a different skill set, but you kind of get reps that way too. So I learned to enjoy it. It just seems like I can gives me a peace of mind. How did you get started with it? Did you start with like blogs or articles or did you, were you like a journaler or how did you kind of get started and let, let, let it kind of take off. So I'd say just uh, writing blogs, like in newsletters and things like that for, for our members. And then I just had that passion to kind of share. I kind of realized that the stuff that I was writing for my own staff, um, 
I can just share that out with, um, with other people too. And then I was just wanted to get that, um, get the connections and get featured in different places and, and have that network and be able to reach people. So you meet people like, are you able to talk to people like the Andrew Coates and then he shares it and then you see it, you know, so it's, um, it's like you're building that network by sharing it. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the things you mentioned there, which I thought was interesting is you, you hired a coach. I believe you worked with Nick Tuminello and he worked specifically Mm -hmm. on writing for you. And he gave you some pretty interesting advice right off the bat, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I had a harsh tone, probably turned us, turned some people off and you Mm -hmm. need to hear stuff like that. Um, Not as many takeaways as I I probably thought there. Um, And um, uh, over the years, I've been able to make things a little more simple and remove stuff and not have too much in there, you know? So, and I still get help now from people to, to be able to have to read over my writing to help me edit it, my writing there too. Nice. Um, I feel like I'm, you know, most people think they're pretty good with ideas, I guess, but having any ideas and getting it down and then you have to read over it over and over again and then having a fresh set of eyes to look at it is, and whether it be editing or to say, yeah, maybe you need to, that's a whole separate article, you know? Right. It's an interesting thing, right? It's uh, because like being, having a harsh tone seems like very common in the fitness world. It's like, we're, we're speaking, kind of pointing the finger out to a lot of people. Like, this Mm -hmm. is what you need to, there's something I said, it's like anything that says like, it all comes down to one thing. I just can't stand. I was like, like, are you fucking kidding me? It's like, nothing that's just all just one thing down. Like, I know it's consistency. I know we need to all be consistent, but it's like, there's a lot more from it. And I, when I read that, I was like, that was the same thing I did. Cause some early blog articles I wrote, mm-hmm. I kept saying you like speaking to you. Like I was like preaching and it's like, no, yeah. like those things around make it a little bit softer and invite people in. I was like, now all of a sudden you're getting a lot different feedback. seems like you kind of have the same experience. Yes. Yeah. So, but yeah, his, I mean, his feedback was great and just kind of opened my eyes into how I write and, I mean, if I was having a conversation with somebody here, like one of my trainers, uh, I wouldn't have like talked the way I might have wrote back then. So mm-hmm. it kind of goes together. Nice. So how's what's your process like now when you go into writing something? Do you do like a like a word vomit, like rough draft out, and then go back, or what's your process like? Um. So yeah, I mean, a massive brainstorm, and sometimes I get these. It could be like, well, in our, in our world, we're up early anyway, but it could be just like at random times and they're like, oh, I got to get this out, you know? And it, um, and sometimes just creating those blocks of time where you're not, if you're able to not um, work on certain other things, just kind of brainstorm and let it all out. And I kind of go back when it's like my process. So overall, um, I'll kind of start with saying reading, reading more and listening um, mm-hmm. to others is going to give you like, your idea, a lot of ideas and a lot of kind of what we're saying, it might not necessarily be new, but the way we share our stories and the way we share it can be new there. So, um, but yeah, you know, taking a lot of um, time to kind of just brainstorm, let it out. And then it takes a lot of just going over and over again. And um, a lot of times I like to say, I have all these ideas and it's just taking the time to almost put it together like a puzzle. (laughs) I'll have this bullet. Okay. Oh, here here and I'll write something like, okay, that's another article completely. <laughs> okay. I'm really like all over the place. Okay. And, um, so I, most, most, is, most fitness entrepreneurs are, I think we're yeah, all over all the, place, over the so. place. The ideas usually get out there, but it's, it could be a challenge for me, especially without help to like 
really put it together into something organized. I mean, I could do it, of course, but it just takes a while. Mm-hmm. So like I said, tell people, like I remember when I first started writing with, you know, Nick Tominello, where like when I was, he was helping me out and um, he was like, yeah, just throw over some ideas and, uh, you know, I'll see what you have, see if it's something uh, that we're, but I'm able to work with you. And like 30 minutes later, I had like 12 different things, <laughs> you know, and he's like, did you already have this stored up? I'm like, no, I just kind of came up right. with it. So for me, like I have all this stuff, but it's really like the challenge for me is I think some people might have a chance to come up with ideas, I guess. But for me, it's just um, being able to organize it and put it together. And that's where sometimes you need help and people to kind of read through your work. Right. Yeah. Do you read through it first and edit or do you usually do you have a couple people that you send stuff to first to kind of get their opinion? After you write, I've kind of done it both ways there. Mm-hmm. So um, I kind of read through it, have them edit it. But in some cases, I'll kind of have the bullets together and we can kind of work together as a team sometimes there too. Right. And also depending on what type of writing it is. So um, like I said, there's so many different types of writing that we have to do the writing you see for other trainers, but owning a business. Um, and sometimes we hire out for certain skill sets that we don't have, like, um, at least at first when it comes to like sales copy type stuff or understanding that, that process. Okay. So it depends on the type of writing too. Um, what's the difference in the process? Is it more like, are you talking about like, like different algorithms and stuff like that, you know, to work with, or is it just the, the wording or kind of the, the phrasing of it or, um, like, I guess sales copy, I'm thinking in terms of like, uh, having your headlines where, where you have to reduce mm. words in order to get those across um, your call to actions and different things like that. So okay. after, it, it can be challenging at first. And um, like sometimes you hire people to write like um, ads for you for say Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then after you've, I've read a lot of books on it, I've seen them do it. Now you look at it and like, oh, okay, now this starts to make sense. We have a template to kind of go from, but we know our members better than, most, uh, a lot of people that might be writing this stuff that's not directly in fitness, if that makes sense. Gotcha. So I don't know if I'm going off again on that, but yeah. um, it's, a, yeah, it's just kind of a different type of writing there to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. like, it's stuff that sometimes you see sales copy and things written for you and you're like, oh, that's cheesy, whatever. But it works, you know. Right, <laughs> and it, all the, the the aesthetics of it, and looking at and looking the right way, you don't realize how powerful that is mm-hmm. when you get into. So even just like spacing and in, in writing and articles yes. is so important to do. I I saw that with um with a couple people that I you know read this course on of like specific highlights, specific bullet points area, just because it's aesthetically pleasing to the mm-hmm. eye. Like it's different than writing a book. You know, it's yes. like you don't you don't have somebody's full attention on there. You might be have like two minutes like mm-hmm. to get all of your information out there, you know, yeah. so it's definitely different in, uh, in that regard from that. How do you keep organized with it? Like you said, you have all these different ideas. Do you have specific days or times in your schedule that you set up? You're like, all right, this is idea time. Or is it just when things pop up, you're like, all right, I'm going to write that down. Most of the good ideas just come and you have yeah. to write it down in a, whether it might be a notebook that I have, I always have a notebook with me, but a notebook that I have and write it down. And I just have some like typical Google docs that I'll keep open on my, um, computer too so when they come i can just kind of write it there mm-hmm. but when i have that time sometimes that i mean for me now that's like relaxing to kind mm-hmm. of write and then usually i'll block out some time when i'll make sure i get all i mean everything's not always you never get everything done but you know right. when you get your stuff done you block out some time like for me whether it's like on a friday even a saturday or sunday while well, i'm like um 
go to a coffee house and just zone out and just kind of write, get it all out there. Right. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I, I never did that before. Like I, cause I do a lot of writing, you know, for, you know, my community and I would always just, whatever's on my head. I'm like, Oh, cool. I'll just write about that and just start rolling through. And then I kept a tab open of just writing ideas and anything that popped up, I would just roll over and I would just write it in. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Dietrich, that freed my mind up so much yeah. in the rest of the day just to get it out. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that if anybody's aspiring to write, like that's the main thing is like just getting it out of your head yes. is like such the, is the biggest point because you can always go back and, and, you know, and edit it. I think that was Stephen King's line in his book. He said, to write is to be human, to edit is to be divine. And I was yes. like, oh shit, yes. like that's such a beautiful yes. line right there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So just getting it out of your head, right? That's like the first thing you should do. It's, all, it's a, probably just a good application for life in general. Just get yeah. it out of your head. Yeah. I think if, and if you going through, I mean, you go through periods where you might not have as much, but I find sometimes you might be overthinking during those periods, you know? Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? So it's just to kind of let it, let it out. And that's, that's what kind of the best articles are the people that, that um that people think are the best articles are the ones or it's just like you just just let it all out right <laughs> and then the, the emotion along with it too um throw a little bit of your story in there and then it, people are able to connect with it yeah no very much so from there so oh that's so that's writing i think it's just so interesting because it is like there's it's just really a, it's a, it's a way to critically think and to really think through these things from there. Do you do like other writing? Like, do you do journaling or anything like that at all? Like for personal development and stuff like that? Oh yeah. I'll journal and kind of, I have to remember like write write goals down. I just believe in actually writing it mm-hmm. down um, in paper. <laughs> a lot of people don't do that, but um, anymore, but just writing it down. is just something powerful about connecting and writing, writing goals down and, being able to kind of write what you see is like your visions and different things down there. Okay. It's, that's such a tough, it's such an interesting thing, goal setting, because like I've had, I've had more tough writing out vision stuff than I have just like going in and just working and grinding. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's like seeing it out, <laughs> yeah. you know, from there. So you mentioned reading too, a lot. Is there specific books that have really, you know, made an impact on you over the years? Uh, I mean, I read so I, I, probably a wide variety as a business owner. I read like, um, so many different things, I guess, from a fitness standpoint. I mean, you talk to Don, uh, Dan, John, I love, like mm-hmm. love, 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 love his stuff. Yeah. There. So just the way he's able to put his story in it, connect it. It's, it's not like boring. It's, it's, um, it's simple, but yet it's, I mean, so I, I love, you know, Dan John's yeah. stuff there. It's probably one of my, probably my favorite. I've, I've, I crack up with them every time I talk to him because Never Let Go is probably my favorite book I've mm-hmm. ever read. And every time he looks at me, he's like, really? It's like, look, I was like, yeah, Dan, like, it's really, really good, man. It's like the simplicity that he writes with, you know, we talked about writing processes and, and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. And he like just uh, taking out all of those little filler words in his stuff yes. that he said is just so powerful, you know, to work yeah. with, you know, from that. So fitness wise, absolutely. Dan John's the yeah, way to go. Like, um, yeah, I mean, there's so many of them, like Seth Godin too, like with marketing type stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, there's now that I'm on the spot, I'm gonna think of them off the spot. But yeah, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did I you ever look at? Do you read fiction at all for like inspiration in writing? Actually, I don't read that much fiction. I have to do. Yeah, I read so much nonfiction, but yeah, I don't read that much fiction. I yeah, I did that for a while too. Like I was only reading nonfiction. Then all of a sudden, I read just a couple of fiction books just to mm-hmm. you know throw in there in the mix just once in a while. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like it just the 
the little bit of change of how they phrase words together and stuff like that and just give your brain a little bit of that break. Yeah. Like, I think that's, it's an interesting thing to explore. Yeah. That's something I was saying I'll, I'll do. You can hold me accountable to it, but yeah, there we go. <laughs> good recommendations. Cause I'm always just so I'm, I'm like, boom, <laughs> like not, if I see it connect to, mm-hmm. connect, but I know the fiction yeah. book do too. And the yeah. last things the way they put the stories together. Yeah. So now, so going back, I mean, you got 20 years of experience in here. Like one of the things I always like to, you know, ask is the evolution that you've seen from fitness. Like, have you seen some specific things kind of change from when you first got started in the business to what you see now, um, you know, regardless of starting as a personal trainer or just clients in general, have you seen kind of a different shift in their mentality? Uh, yeah. So, um, like over the past 20 years, um, things that have changed. I think just the access to information, internet and social media has completely changed the game. So, um, I say it makes it easier and harder for up and coming coaches. So like harder, easier, and they have all this information harder. Um, they have to figure out what's good information. And it's also easier for like them to connect with other coaches and the kind of network there. So there's definitely lots of positives to it, as long as they kind of understand, um, that, those come with some, a few negatives there too. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to like services, if you're saying like online and virtual is like a great option for trainers to make money there. Um, it, like, like with everything, it's not an overnight success thing that some coaches will try to tell you it is, but, um, and still believe that trainers should have that base of in-person and being able to work with people in, 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 in person to right. doing, um, online and like virtual stuff. And, um, I mean, we've seen lots of trends and lots of fads and different things come, but I'd say, I mean, it's safe to say that um, personal training and coaching is going to be around forever. I mean, personal training's not dead. Some are semi-private's doing well and mm-hmm. um, group training is going to be around. I'd just say you need to really find your specialty area. Like with everything, I mean, I talk about not doing it too early, but if you're going to have like a group related type of um, business, you really need to know who you're serving and uh, what makes you unique. So being in business for 10 years now, um, you know, when I first came to the area, we did, you know, lots of, and we still do we, our services, our groups, semi-private and one-on-one, mm-hmm. but over the, over the years, we've kind of shifted in with our area to an older population, I guess, retired population. Mm-hmm. But um, we've shifted to lots of, we've probably done more one-on-one semi-private. We still have our groups, but we have to know like, okay, now that there's so many franchise groups popping up, how are you really different from the place around the corner now? Okay. I mean, of course we had, you know, cross, cross still around, but we still had cross. It was, it, it's, there's always going to be that group. It might be a different type of person there. Mm-hmm. That makes right. sense. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. The franchise. When, you, when you, when you say group, is that where you think of like 10 people or more type work? Yeah. Yeah. About? So, okay. So yeah, semi-private, I'm saying like three to six group. Mm-hmm. I'm staying around, um, 10 to 15, 16, potentially mm-hmm. more than that, depending on the group. Right. So do you still do, do you still do a lot of one-on-one work as well? Yeah, we still do some. Most of it's semi-private though. Um, mm-hmm. um, we, the goal is to kind of get as much people to transition to semi-private work right. there. And then if it's something where we have trainers and it helps them get some hours too, because mm-hmm. there are people that still want it, but um, we do all of those. And I think that helped us during, you know, the pandemic during COVID too, during our transition. Cause I think if we would have been just, only group um the whole time yeah and, I mean, none of them saying there's nothing wrong with that i guess if that's your business model but if that was only group then it probably would have been a lot harder because 
Um, or if you have that mindset that you're only going to do one of those, and I'm not saying you have to do all of them, but if you have that mindset where you're only going to do one of those, you might go through some periods where um, it could be a challenge. So for us being able to, we're talking about the group places and the franchises that come up, um, a lot of them really hit that, get that 25 to 45 year old, 50 year old market mm. extremely well. But people that, um, that could probably train at different places probably will train <laughs> at different places, if that makes sense. Right. And yeah. they're going through that period where they're going to hop around. We've noticed our over 50 over 55 market and even our youth too. There's a certain connection where they're like, they're with you. They're staying with you. Um, right. I guess it depends on how you serve them too. And you have to know what your specialty is and who you get along with well and who you want to work with going back to um, mm-hmm. what we were saying before we like working with people that have those goals yeah. that um, they want to just be able to function in life. And it's, um, it's yeah. not about how much they can back squat. It's about how much they can. Right. Yeah. It's still fun to back squat though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny. Like I, I remember, I mean, now I do all virtual based work, you know, with coaching, you know, with online business, that's just direction that I, you know, wanted to go in. But when I was in a uh, place, everything was big with semi-private and I'm like, yeah. I understood the, the aspects of it. Like you get the small group, um, especially as a coach, like you can, you know, you're making more, you know, on a financial side, you know, per, but the thing that I saw that I thought was so powerful of it is with group, it seems like, okay, here's a class you can go in and you're just following instructions. You know, it's kind of like you're just going on the wheel and you're just along for the ride. One-on-one training, I think is great. You can develop that personal connection, but clients can get very enabled by the, by the client who's just walking them from one thing to another where semi-private, it seems like it allows it to have a little bit of the best of both worlds where you're getting that individual attention, but you also have a little bit of autonomy at the same time where you need to learn how to operate this themselves. And that was something I saw with the, you know, when the pandemic happened and all of a sudden we were working with so many people in a studio and it was great. Everybody was doing great there, but then all of a sudden, a couple months down the line, everybody was losing motivation and losing track. And it's yeah. like, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And it's really like, oh shit. Like we were, we were just, we were giving good instruction, but we weren't teaching anybody how to actually do this themselves in case the shit hit the fan. Yes. Yes. And yes. Then they were home. And I think that's a, it seems like that's a piece that, you know, it's, as young coaches, like we can't, you know, we can't shy away from is teaching people how to be self-sufficient in this mm-hmm. is the best yeah. thing that you can do. Yeah. And we don't teach that as much. It's like, yes, follow the program, work this, you know, keep the clients coming in, you know, you know, make them love you, but it's like also give them some self-control at the same yes. time. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. That's huge. Yeah. So mm-hmm. dude, Dietrich, it's been great chatting with you, man. This has been great. Um, you know, I love the work that you're doing. Um, I love the really, breakdown between both the training plus the work that you're doing to help young coaches really develop themselves on that. So wish you all the success, man. I think this will be great. All right. Thanks. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the work you're, you're doing and the content you're putting out. Oh, thanks, Ben. So if, uh, if people want to check out more of your stuff to reach out, if they have any questions, what's the best place that they can uh, follow your content? Yeah. So um, my blog site, I'll usually put everything up there as far as um, my name, D-E-T-R-I-C Smith.com. Um, Instagram handles pretty much the same there, Facebook, um, and, and, you know, my contact information's on there. If you ever need to reach out, um, email, text, or, um, no DM there. Yep. Awesome, man. Good dudes. Great to meet you. It was great chatting with you. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Good guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.
Thank you so much for joining me today. If you like the show, please give it a five-star review, give it a thumbs up, all that good stuff. And if you want to get the inside scoop on all new episodes coming up, behind-the-scenes insights, and free training resources, then you can join the Strength Connection private Facebook group now. Just go to Facebook groups, type in the Strength Connection, and join in. Also, don't forget to subscribe. See you soon.